At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. We invite you to join us for our series, Overflow, From Him, Through Us, For All, as we explore Paul's letter to the Church of Corinth. Together, we'll focus our attention on the gifts of God and see that we're not meant to keep His blessings to ourselves, but to live as vessels of His abounding grace. Paul writes and he says, Now it's superfluous for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints. For I know your readiness, of which I boast about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I'm sending the brothers so that our boasting about about you may not prove empty in this matter, so that you may be ready, as I said you would be. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready, we would be humiliated, to say nothing of you, for being so confident." So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift you have promised, so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your gift of Christ to us today, that we're reconciled to you, that our sins are cleansed and forgiven through the finished work of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that because he has done this for us, we can come to your word today and we can hear about how we are to be generous and to give and and to be transformed by your word, not in an effort to please you, but because we are your children and because everything we have is from you, we long to, to emulate and to demonstrate your grace in all the world. So help us overflow with your love today. Help us to, to hear your word and, and would your spirit take it and change us and grow us. And Lord, would you be glorified in all things. We're listening. We ask for your help now by your spirit. Would you produce good fruit in us? We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, as I mentioned, we are talking again this morning. This is the fourth message in a series that we've been going through in this section of Scripture, and it's all about giving. It's about generosity and giving. And I want to know, what is your mindset when it comes to thinking about giving away money? How, how do you feel in your heart when I, when I begin to talk about giving, generosity, money? Is that an awkward conversation for you? Is it, is it something that, that maybe you are uncomfortable about? You're like, oh, no, we're going to have this talk again? Like, when are we going to start a new series? I'm, I'm ready to talk about love or, or family or something. I'm like, let's talk about anything other than money. Can we, can we get beyond that? Maybe it's something you would rather avoid or you'd just rather not talk about altogether. Some of you, maybe your body posture tells me a story. You kind of, you got your arms folded. You're like, oh, here we go again. The eyes roll on the back of your head. You're fishing around for your phone like, hey, you know, let me find out what's going on on Facebook so I don't have to hear this stuff because I really don't want to deal with it. Maybe you're ready to tune me out because you think, oh, pastors, all they talk about is money. The church, that's all they want is money. And here we go again, one more time. Let me encourage you, stay with me this morning in this moment. I want to challenge your mindset. I want to to push on how you think 
about giving and generosity, mainly because I think we have it all wrong. We have the wrong mindset. When it comes to talking about giving away money and specifically practically giving to the church, I think we become uncomfortable for a couple different reasons. One reason is that we've been told or we've come to think that there's a minimum standard. It's like 10%. It's the tithe. And the data bears out just across the country in the church as a whole that we don't tithe. We don't give 10%. It's something like 2 to 3% of our incomes for most Americans give to charitable giving, just whether Christians or non-Christians. And so when we come to the church and we hear something about giving and we think, oh, there's that minimum standard of 10%, and I don't know, I know I don't hit that 10% mark, eee, I don't like feeling guilty about that. So can we, can we talk about something else? Can we, can we move off of that? You just don't like that uncomfortable guilt that might be there because you think that there's a standard, a minimum floor that you've got to hit and God's not really going to be happy with you until you hit 10%. Or one of the other reasons it's so uncomfortable for us is that when we talk about money or giving, we're, we're talking about money and money is a scarcity thing for us. Like our resources are limited. And so if we talk about giving, we're talking about losing, giving up something. We, we've got what we've earned what we've worked for, our salaries, our incomes, and we say, that's what I've got. And if I, if I give that away, if I'm asked to give that away, that means there's less for me. All of a sudden, the security that I would have, or at least the, the comfort I would have of, of a financial position is diminished in some way because I've got a loss now. I've given some of it away, and it's not as much there. We think about dollars and cents and the budget, and, and even in the last year, we've seen the economy do the roller coaster thing, and, and some of you have faced layoffs or furloughs and jobs and just kind of all that tension. Giving away money doesn't sound like the wise move. It sounds like a dumb move, actually. It's kind of foolish. We, we want to be stable. We don't want to lose. But, but again, I want to challenge our mindset those couple reasons are why talking about giving, especially from the church, can feel so uncomfortable. But that's not how Scripture thinks about giving. I, I want us to see something really powerful when it comes to thinking about giving and to make a, a mental shift in our minds, to, to change the way we think. It's this, that giving is more than money. It's ministry. When you think about giving as simply money, what you lose or what you owe, that's where it gets really uncomfortable. I'll admit, I don't like paying taxes. And so when April 15 rolls around and I'm owing the government taxes, like, oh man, I don't like that. But I'm looking at that as money. But giving in the church is a different equation. It's a different reality. It's not just about money. It's more than money. Giving is more than money. It's ministry. When you give your money, when you give what you've earned, specifically to the church, I want you to see today that you're actually engaged in doing ministry. If I was to take a poll of us this morning and say, how many of you would like to do ministry? How many of you would like to be involved in ministry in one way or another? I imagine that a vast majority of this room, the hands would shoot up in the air. Like, oh yeah, I'm in for that. I'd love to do ministry. I'd love to serve and see the good news of Jesus go forward. I'd love to see somebody grow. Yeah, ministry, I'm all for that. But if I asked you this morning, who would like to give away money? I imagine your hands would go maybe a little slower. You'd peer around the room and like, oh, are they giving money? Okay, well, maybe. How much do we give? You'd start thinking through all these questions. 
Why is it that we are so quick to maybe say, I'm ready to do ministry, but we're not ready to say, I'm ready to give money? It's because we don't see the giving of the money for what it really is, for ministry. Notice with me in verse 1 here, Paul uses a simple phrase. He uses a simple phrase to recapture the Corinthians' minds and hearts, to, to, to set about a different course of thinking for them about generosity. He changes our mindsets. He says, now it is superfluous for me. It's the same word here that he's been using all over this passage in chapter 8 about an abundance. It's just like, it's overflowing to me. It's an abundance. It's excessive for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints. What's this ministry that he's talking about? Hey, I'm, I'm all for that. If you've been tracking with me over the last several weeks, Paul's been writing to them about a financial gift that they've been preparing to send to the poor and needy saints in Jerusalem who are facing a severe famine. He's been talking to them about their money and saying, guys, you've, you've committed to this. It's something you said you want to do. Uh, you're ready for it. Like, get this gift ready. And so he says to them here, not, hey, it's, it's abundantly obvious for me. It's excessive for me to write to you about giving to the saints. He, he uses the term ministry here because he wants them to have the right mindset about what they are doing. Their giving isn't just a loss to themselves, or it's not just meeting a minimum threshold that will make God happy. Their giving is a means of encouraging and engaging and helping others. It's a, it's a means of ministry to their brothers and sisters in Christ. If we see giving as more than money, if we see it as ministry, we're going to see something deeply different in our lives. What's it going to take for us to get there? Well, this morning, I want to share with you about ministry at Woodside. I want you to see, as best as I can portray it, what, what your giving looks like in ministry terms. So that you see when you give here, you're engaged in something far greater than just losing money or just meeting some sort of tax idea in religious thinking. You're involved in ministry when you give. And then in seeing how you are involved in ministry... I want to prepare you and equip you with some practical steps into giving so that you're ministering well, so that the gifts you give are utilized well from your heart. I want you to hear when we call you to give in our offering, when we, when we prepare ourselves to give and worship through giving, that we're calling you to ministry together. And I want you to see this broad impact your, your giving is having in ministry in the world. So let's start there. Let's start talking about ministry and what God's been doing in ministry at Woodside. Where does your giving go? What happens in that? Well, Woodside is one church family in many communities. I, I am stunned and encouraged that at this present moment, there are 14 gatherings, 14 church bodies all over Southeast Michigan that are part of one church together. So if you go hang out at our White Lake campus or our Detroit campus or, or any one of our other campuses, you're, part, you're in the same church family. We're one church in many communities all over Southeast Michigan. And God has been gracious and used us to reach into these communities that need the love and the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But 14 campuses just didn't happen overnight. And it wasn't because of some sort of campaigning work where we threw up a big map and said, hey, we want to put a church here and here and here, and let's do some sort of like dominate and occupy and build an empire of church. Our key motivations 
has always been this phrase. I love that Pastor Doug has said this so often. It's to keep lighthouses on. We've just envisioned the church as a place where the light of the gospel goes out and shines. And we've been aware that throughout communities in Southeast Michigan, there have been churches that have been declining, dying, and even closing. And as it were, as the gospel message is proclaimed and those churches close, the lighthouse goes out, so to speak. Over our history in the, in the last 15 to 20 years, Woodside has come alongside churches that were struggling and dying. These churches invited us in. They came to Woodside and said, you know what, we're declining, it's not working well, we need, we need help to be renewed and revitalized because we want to make an impact in the kingdom. Nine out of our 14 campuses have been a result of these churches coming to Woodside leadership, asking for help, inviting Woodside in, and merging with Woodside to become a local Woodside campus. This church in particular, here in Plymouth, was one of those churches that, that came to Woodside for, result, for help to be revitalized. About seven years ago, that started happening here in Plymouth with the church that was meeting here in this building. Several of you have, are part of that church. We're part of that community. There wasn't a paid staff any longer. It was a meager budget. And, and the invitation to Woodside was made. People at Woodside saw having a campus in Plymouth would be a ministry to the Plymouth, Canton, Livonia, Northville community. And said, yeah, we don't want to see a lighthouse close. We don't want to see it go out. We want to see it thrive and flourish. And so people at Woodside began to give, to contribute, invest themselves in ministry here. Six plus years later, here we are. I just want to share with you, just as you see from our campus, what our outreach numbers looked like in this last year. So from the beginning of, of uh, May last year to today, God's been using your giving and the revitalization of this church and this campus to make an impact in our community. Last Mother's Day, over 300 moms in our community were given and supported on Mother's Day. Just a gift to connect them with Woodside Bible Church and to say, we love you. God loves you. We want you to share with that. On Father's Day, over 150 dads were served in the name of Woodside Bible Church, in the name of Jesus here and connected. People that, that haven't been in this room before, but served and blessed in a tangible, giving way. We had our family movie night in the fall. Over 100 people were a part of that. Many of you were there, but others beyond our church walls were there and connected in relationship with each other. Resources were needed for that family movie night, and, and you gave, and we used those resources to, to be able to support and connect with people in the community. You may remember at Thanksgiving, we called out to give and to support by supplying Thanksgiving boxes. These boxes went to needy families in our community and in the Pontiac community through our, our Dream Center at Woodside. Our campus alone supplied 70 of those uh, Thanksgiving meals for families in our area. Our church as a whole, Woodside, supplied thousands of those boxes. Your giving was a means of ministry to meet tangible needs of people in our community. And we got to see stories and hear good things happening as a result of just distributing a Thanksgiving meal. At Christmas, you may remember, we asked you to give and, and support us in outreach as we sent poinsettias and, and Starbucks gift cards to a couple different uh, assisted living homes in the area, one in Westland and one in Whitmore Lake. We served 280 residents who couldn't see family, who were shut in because of COVID. 280 residents were blessed in the name of Jesus by a gift of a poinsettia and told about Woodside Bible Church. Many of them watch online. Over 230 staff members there were served and blessed and just told, hey, we see your work. We love you. Jesus loves you. 
That's to say nothing. I could tell you about the COVID-19 relief projects that Woodside's have been a part of, other outreaches, but just at our campus alone, in the last year, there's, there's life happening here. There's outreach. There's ministry going on. And it's, and it's because the church is given to support that work. We want to keep seeing that happen. We want to see more lighthouses stay on, more churches revitalized and grow. And I want to tell you this morning about a new campus that we are prayerfully excited about. We want to go from 14 campuses, and God's directed our steps to a, another church in an area that, that needs a church, that's declining and needs revitalization. And we're excited to see God bring them to us and us be able to work with them. It's, uh, the church is called Legacy Church in Riverview, downriver. Uh, there are 25 people that attend this church, and well over a year ago, they came to Woodside and said, please help us. We want to keep the lighthouse on. We want to see deeper ministry impact. And our elders and our staff team begin to meet with them and pray with them and, and talk together about those things. And we've been going through a process. And here in two weeks on May 16th at our annual celebration, we as a church are going to be voting to bring in that new campus and to start uh, Woodside Bible Church's Downriver Campus. Now, help them get off the ground. We're gonna, they're going to need resources. They're going to need an investment to go in and to, to revitalize their building and to be able to reach out to their community and say, the love of Jesus is here at Woodside Bible Church Downriver. Will you be a part of that? We want you to know his hope. Are we going to be a part of that? I want you to come on May 16th to our annual celebration. Hear about it. Invest yourself in it. But I also want you to think about this. What would it look like if Woodside Bible Church of Plymouth saw giving as ministry. What if we saw giving as ministry this year and we gave in such a way to keep another lighthouse on? We gave above and beyond to make sure the church can keep going and thriving and be resourced to reach their community in the way that God has provided for us to reach our community. That's what ministry and giving looks like. Helping our brothers and sisters to keep the lights on, to, to see the gospel advance. Or I could talk about global ministry. Some of you are like, okay, well, Southeast Michigan, that's where I live, and I understand that place, but, but like, what about beyond our shores? What about outside of Michigan? Well, let me just tell you about Woodside's seven global partners, our global ministry partners. Your giving helps support. Uh, out of our general budget, our general offering, every month we give to these Woodside port partners in, in significant ways. Let me tell you about these seven. First of all, in Myanmar, Myanmar, we have a church partner there that is planting churches. When you give, your, monastery, your money is going into ministry to plant churches among people who have never heard the name of Jesus. They don't have the scriptures. They don't hear the gospel and have hope like we do. They don't have an abundance of that. And yet, when you're giving, we're planting churches there because we're equipping and developing leaders who are able to share the good news in a place you've never even heard of except on the news lately because there's a big coup going on. God's doing that work in Myanmar. Or our church uh, ministry partners in Rome, Amos and Ashley Miguel. Many of you have met them before. They've, they've stood here on this platform. We've, we've sent short-term teams from our campus there to Rome. They're engaged in evangelism and discipleship to refugees who live and who have fled from closed countries. And those refugees are coming to Christ they're hearing the good news of Jesus, and they're believing him, and they're being discipled and equipped. And you know what they're doing? They're going back to their countries, or they're going amongst the refugee camps, and they're sharing the good news of Jesus, and there's discipleship movement going on. You're giving a supporting and supplying the need there 
to have a deep impact in ministry in Rome, places you could never step foot in. In Ukraine, we have another ministry partner there that's church planting and a seminary that we are supporting to raise up disciples and pastors and leaders in Ukraine. In India, in Kolkata, we have a ministry partner there who's involved in community development that's helping care for the needs, the tangible physical needs of the community there and beginning to disciple and plant churches, raise up leaders. Liberia, Kim Smith and Word Sowers as part of planting churches there in, in the bush, in the remote regions of Liberia that, that none of us would ever be able to track up to. He's proclaiming Christ and he's developing pastors and leaders and starting a Bible institute to train Christians there with the good news so that the gospel advances. You're, you're giving as ministry there. I can tell you about Thailand, our Thailand ministry partner. There's a Bible institute. We're training and raising up leaders. There's church planting happening in Thailand. There's orphan ministry. We see uh, at least 100 orphans who are rescued from uh, sex trafficking, and they're, they're brought in and given a safe place to live and an education. Your, your giving is going to support and to sponsor and to do that kind of ministry. We're back to India and Chennai, another Bible institute and track distribution and orphanage to recover trafficked girls. That's just our global partners, our seven global partners. We have some 40 other plus missionaries all over the world in every continent except Antarctica. So who wants to go on that one? But all over the globe, we're supporting and supplying missionaries to take the good news of Jesus, to proclaim the gospel, to make disciples, the needs are met. When you give, you're doing ministry because you're supporting them. You're in the team with that. And again, I would ask the question, what would it look like if Woodside Bible Church of Plymouth saw giving as ministry? What if we saw it as ministry this year and we gave to propel the gospel all the more all over the world? We gave just to see, like, Jesus, take it and run with it to every tongue and tribe and people and nation. That's what your giving is doing in ministry. And just a few specific areas that I've spoken about, I could talk about digital ministry and the thousands, the tens of thousands we're reaching now because of the digital capacities to share the good news, our blog, our link episodes, things like that, answer hard questions. What if Woodside Bible Church in Plymouth saw our giving as ministry and gave to propel the gospel all the more, and to teach the Bible to all the more? The point I want to make is this. We have to go from a mindset of thinking that giving is just money and we lose to giving is ministry. And when you make that, that change in your mind, do you see how freed up you are? Who wants to do ministry? I'm all for it. I'm in. Would you rather spend your money on some finite, maybe stupid, trivial thing again? Like who needs another streaming service, another toy, another temporary joy? Or do you want to see your money used for eternal purposes, God-glorifying purposes, Christ-exalting ministry and work? We have to change our mindset from giving to being just about money to being about ministry. And when that mindset shifts, I think there's some really amazing things that God will do in our heart. Our gifts will abound eternally more and more to serve many and to glorify Christ. So how do we do that? How do we make that mindset shift? 
Let me, let me move to our text here and just show us three ways real briefly, practical ways, how Paul talks about us being able to make that shift from giving just being about money to giving being about ministry. Let me show, share with you these three things. First of all, to make that shift, you have to commit to give. You have to commit to give. Changing our perspective from giving just being about money to ministry requires a commitment on our part. It's not a haphazard or random thing. Ministry is investing yourself in others for the sake of Christ. If ministry is what you're going to pursue, you have to make a commitment to that. You have to say, yes, I'm in on that. I'm going to give. I'll be a part of that. The people of Corinth had made a commitment to give. Paul says, it's, it's excessive for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints. Why? Because I know of your readiness, of which I boast about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. Now, Paul speaks of readiness. It says, you've been ready, you've been ready, your zeal has stirred up others. Where, where did that readiness come from? They had made a commitment to give. If you remember, Paul had told them, had been with them even a year prior, and told them of the needs of, of the famished and poor saints in Jerusalem, and they said, that's the need? We can serve? We can help them? Okay, we're in. They committed themselves to give. And Paul gave them instruction about how to, how to be ready in that. Even look with me at verse 5. He says there, I, urge it, I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift you have promised. Their commitment was their promise. The saints in Jerusalem were depending on their help and support. Paul had seen their readiness. He had seen their readiness so much that it stunned him. And he, when he went to Macedonia up north, he told them, like, you wouldn't believe it. I was with the Corinthians just a little bit ago, and they, they heard of the need, and they were so fired up. They were so committed to give. They were so ready. And the Macedonians heard that and said, wow, Corinth is in? We're in too. If they're going to participate, so are we. And it just it, it exponentially moved and exploded into a, a commitment to giving together. This is how giving, if we're going to move it from, from just money to ministry, this is how it works. It's for us to make a commitment, to step into that ministry. If you were going to sign up for, let's say, children's ministry this morning, and you could talk to Heather McNabb about that as well, I would encourage you to that. You would be making a commitment. You say, hey, I want to serve. I'll serve the first and third Sunday of every month. You'd be making that commitment. She could write your name down and, and do all the, get you scheduled into the right class and all of that. You'd be making that commitment. So why is it any different for us in ministry when it comes to giving? Let's make a commitment to give. To say to, to one another, to say to the church, you can count on me, to say to the needs of the saints. Paul's been encouraging others to be a part of it because the Corinthians had committed to it. Your commitment stirs up other people's commitments. So what about you? I want to challenge you this year. Today is the first Sunday of our fiscal year, our new fiscal year. I want to challenge you to commit yourself to give this year. I want to encourage you to see it as a ministry and to invest yourself in giving. If you're a member here at Woodside Bible Church, you'll remember one of the things that we talk about in our Next Step Pathway class and then in our membership interview is that a mark of a healthy member, the mark of, of someone who's committed themselves in membership to the church is a commitment to generosity. And that's a form of committing, saying as a member, I'm in. I'm, I'm going to be a part of this. I'm going to give. Last weekend, I shared some statistics with you, some data about giving at our campus. Three-fourths, 75% of the households in our campus give financially. That's our members and regular attenders. 
71% of the households in our church family give less than $1,000 a year. 17% give between $1,000 and $5,000 a year. 12% of our church family gives more than $5,000 a year. And I tell you that again just to, to help you understand where you are in those, in those ranges. But let me ask you this. What does committing to the ministry look like for you? Perhaps a commitment for you this year could be to move up a tier wherever you're in and say, you know, I'm, I want to grow from this level to that level just to give out of what you have and, and as God has provided for you. If you're in that 25% that, that hasn't given, maybe the commitment for you this year could be to give, just, just to get in the game in ministry in that way. Would you commit yourself to that? On the first Sunday of the fiscal year, would you commit yourself to ministry through giving? Would you say to yourself, I see giving as a part of ministry, and because I want to minister well, I will give blank this year. Commit yourself. Write down a number. You don't have to share with anybody. I'm not going to ask for you to turn in cards or anything like that. Maybe you need to talk to your spouse or your partner and say, oh, okay, what, what are we going to give? But, but make a commitment to it. Commit yourself to the Lord. Give yourself to the Lord first. And then commit amount. Say, Lord, this year, Lord willing, by your grace, I want to give this. Put it in a place to remind you and help you. To move mentally from giving is just money to giving is ministry requires that we commit to give. Secondly, it requires that we prepare to give. We've said, okay, yes, we're in. We're going we're gonna to be a part of this ministry. Well, now we've got to do a little work to be ready to be a part of that ministry and to, to prepare in that. Look with, look with me at what Paul says in verse 3. He says, but I am sending the brothers so that our boasting about you may not prove empty in this matter, so that you may be ready as I said you would be. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you're not ready, we would be humiliated to say nothing of you for being so confident. See, Paul is saying to them, them here, you've got to be ready. You've got to prepare for this. You've promised it. You've committed yourself. And now I'm going to send Titus and a couple other brothers. We saw them last week. I'm sending them ahead so that everything's in order and everything's ready just to help be a, a, a support to you in this, to come alongside you in community with this. And that way, when I show up, and if I have some Macedonians with me who they've heard about your boasting and giving, you're not going to look foolish. Neither will I. We'll, we'll be on the same page together, and our ministry will be deep. Preparation is so important. Notice the phrase, so that you may be ready. Paul wants them to be ready. He wants their reputation to be upheld. He wants the zeal for the ministry of the saints to go forward, their commitment Preparation is a part of doing ministry well. Let's be honest. If you had found out that about 10 minutes before the 9 a.m. service this morning, I was down in my office scribbling some notes. I hadn't done any work this week in preparing this message. I was like, oh, I'm just going to throw some stuff together and see how it goes, and I hope it flies. You might be gracious to me one week, but if you found out I was doing that every week, you probably want a different pastor, right? You expect me to prepare for ministry here. That's what ministry and giving looks like as well. For us to be prepared, ministry requires preparation, requires preparation on our part. So here's some ways to prepare to give. First of all, get some financial stewardship help. Maybe, maybe some of you are looking at some significant amount of debt. You're like, I don't know how to get out of this. That, that was the purpose of Paul sending the brothers along that he mentions in verse 3, sending the brothers. He just wants them to help prepare. It's okay to have accountability and community around your finances. We have this weird idea that nobody should know my money except my, it's my own business. 
Community helps us prepare in ministry well. You say, well, I've got this debt. What do I do? Do I give? Do I get out of debt? Well, maybe you need to work at both. But what I'm saying here is that we have resources. We have people at Woodside here to help you navigate through your financial planning and to help you be better stewards. If you need help, come and ask us. Help talk to us so that we can support you in that. Not only that, but budget to give. Budget to give. It's not about a percentage. It's about ministry. So look at your budget and say, you know what? I want to be involved in ministry. Here's what I'm going to give. Plan for that. Budget it into your life. Some of you just need to pick up a budget to begin with, but like budget giving in and that. Thirdly, prioritize giving. This, thing, this speaks to what our loves are. What, what do we give ourselves most to? For, for some, we've got excessive worldly things on the top layers. Those are the most important. And we have ministry down at the bottom. Perhaps we need to shift the order around shift our loves, and and to prioritize the kingdom of God, laying up treasure for ourselves in heaven, not here on this earth, and move some of the earthly, temporal, entertaining luxuries down the list quite a ways. Prioritize giving. Fourthly, make a plan. That's what Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 16 when they first talked about this, this gift. He said, here's the deal. On the first day of every week, set aside something, store it up as you may prosper. So he's not asking them to give out of what they don't have. As you may prosper so that there will be no collecting when I come. Like when I show up, the gift should be ready so we can go. It's urgent that we get to Jerusalem. So I want to spend a few months organizing and containing all this. I want to get there, spend some time with you, have the gift ready so I can move it on to meet needs right away. Make a plan. One of the best things I think about our online giving platform is that you can automate your faithfulness. You can regularly schedule every week, every other week, every month, whatever it is for you, you can schedule to give and just to have that uh, deducted from your checking account. It's a good way to give online, just to have that automated regular faithfulness. But make a plan to give. Uh, I like one guy on Twitter who I follow. He, he puts it like this. He says, Sunday morning is a Saturday night decision. Sunday morning is a Saturday night decision. Our giving should be a Saturday night decision. Plan. What will your ministry plan in giving for this fiscal year look like? How will your plan meet the commitment that you're going to make in your goals? So commit to give, plan to give. Thirdly, lastly here, cheerfully give. This, this one, at least to me, becomes really easy if the first two are done. When I've when I made a commitment and when I've planned to carry through that commitment, the action of it really becomes fun. It becomes joy to give. If we've committed and prepared our giving, it doesn't make us grumpy. It makes us glad. Paul is clear. He's sending these guys ahead so that the gift is a gift, not a taxation. He says, I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift you had promised so that it may be ready as a willing gift. Not as an exaction. Paul's saying, I don't want to show up and have you guys feel like, oh, we owe this. We've got to pay our religious taxes. So I want you to be prepared. I want you to commit and plan and and be ready so that when I show up, it's like, yes, freely here, take it, go. Get down to Jerusalem, meet those needs. I want it to be ministry in that way. Not as an extortion, not as prying it from their hands, but a willing gift. And this is the point he makes about our hearts in verse 6. Point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. 
He takes us to the farmer. He says, the farmer that wants a big harvest, big impact, what does he do? He just scatters the seed. It's, it's big sowing all over the place. He reaps a big harvest. The farmer that's stingy and just kind of seed here, seed there, not going to reap much. So he says, ask, what's your heart in this? You want to be cheerful in your giving? So big. Be generous. And you'll reap generously. There is a powerful power to cheerful giving, gladly distributing what you have to experience more and more of the bounty of God's grace. How do we, how do we give cheerfully? This is what he talks about. Each one must give as he has decided in his own heart. Look with me there at verse 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his own heart. So, so you need to consider, what is God calling you to give? We don't talk about tithe here so much because it seems to me to exact a percentage would be to say, well, I owe God something. I owe God 10%. Really? No, you, go, you owe God everything, not just 10%. So we must give based on what we've decided in our hearts. You owe God everything. So to say to him, Lord, I want to give this. Lord, what would you have me give? It frees you up from just 10% or a tithe to say, all that I have is his. But you must give as you determine in your hearts. Will you sow bountifully or will you sow little? He says, give, uh, each one must give as he's decided in his own heart, not reluctantly. So not holding back, not, not saying, well, I really don't want to give. If you don't want to give it, don't give. If you want to give for ministry, don't be reluctant. Throw it all in. Give what you have and not under compulsion. Not because you must, but because you want to. If I, if I took flowers to Stephanie on our anniversary and I held them out to her and she said, oh, these are so beautiful. Why did you give me these flowers? And I said, well, it's our anniversary. I must. Think she would enjoy that so much? No, I would be uh, sleeping on the couch that night probably. But if I gave those flowers to her and said, because I love you, because you're so, so wonderful to me and I want to enjoy our relationship all the more, be a beautiful thing. Why do we, when we give, think, oh, well, you know, here's what I owe God. I must give it to you. God wants our hearts to be cheerful in that. God loves a cheerful giver because that's how he has given to us. So commit yourself to give. Prepare to give. And then when you do give, give cheerfully. This is ministry. It's a joy to give. I mean, just think about all the things I shared earlier in this sermon. The ministry impact that we're making in communities around Southeast Michigan, the ministry impact that we're making in places all over the world. I hope that puts a smile to your face. See, the kingdom of God is being advanced as we give, and we get to be a part of that. Look at how God will use your gifts to spread His fame, to strengthen the saints, to care for the needs of those who are broken and hurting in the world. Let giving put a smile on your face, a big smile. Because you get to see God do amazing things through what He has placed in your hands to give away. We need to change our mindset. Giving isn't just about money. Giving is about ministry. Let's minister to the world in the name of Jesus with our money like never before. We're going to sing a song in response here just in this moment. And you'll know the song, but some of us sing it different in our hearts. The song is, I Surrender All. But I think a lot of us sing, I surrender some. We just want to hold back. And Christ calls us, because He has given us all things, to give all of our lives to Him. 
Giving is more than money, it's ministry. Let's pray. Jesus, how we thank you for your gift to us and your grace. May we see and have rightly ordered loves that that desire to give in order to see the gospel advance and to see your name lifted high. Help free our hearts and our hands from the things of this world, from temporary pleasures, to be able to fully enjoy the kingdom pleasures that you offer us in Christ. Would help us to give in ministry. May our offerings, Lord, be a means to help many, to advance your name, to glorify you in all the world. We thank you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself today.